Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Competitive 40k podcast. Now, before we get into this episode, I have a quick apology. Last week, for some reason, I pulled my neck when I was training in the gym, and I was really, really struggling to speak last week, so my audio is a little bit flat during this episode. But we felt that there was such great value in this episode. We had some great discussions with myself and Eddie about the Sisters of Battle with this new Codex review, and we've gone ahead, we've published it anyway, as we felt there was really good value for you. So we're going to dive into that episode now now but good thing is that I'm back to my normal self and you can expect our normal enthusiasm for all future episodes so on to the episode welcome to the competitive 40k podcast brought to you by Vanguard Tactics 40k codex analysis list building strategy development game theory mentoring our mission to help you become a better player and to raise the level of the game both on and off the tabletop Here's your host, Stephen Box. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Competitive 40k Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and today I'm not joined by Jack Downey. I'm actually joined by Eddie from the Rules Courthouse Podcast. How you doing, Eddie? Yeah, very good. Cheers, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. So obviously the Rules Courthouse Podcast is our new show, which we go over some of the more unique rules in the game to help give you clarity and confidence with the rules. However... Obviously, on the Competitive 40k podcast, we like to go over some of the more tactics, combos, strategies, and today we're going over the Adeptus Sororitas, and this is our full Codex review. Now, you might be wondering why this is coming a little bit later than possibly some of the releases, and A, Jack's been quite busy, B, there's another reason, isn't there, Eddie? There is indeed, yeah. Why do we want to save it until now? I think it was all about uh, a certain person getting to test them in the field. We needed some field testing. Indeed, we did. And uh, why do we need field testing for this book? Because I don't think it was as obvious as the last couple of Codex re- releases. We've had obviously Drakari and Admet coming out recently, which have been pretty you know, easy to look at and go, yeah, that's strong. Whereas these, these are a bit more nuanced, I think. Yeah, and also there's been a lot of, because the, there's been a lot of changes and I would say my first impression of this book was a toned down version of the previous Adeptosaurus Codex. Would you agree? Yeah, I do agree. Yeah, it definitely looks like there's been a bit more of a balance pass across the entire book and uh, we're seeing less of these really good units and, you know, surrounded by a lot of average ones and now we've got an across-the-board sort of level of good. Yeah, it, and this is why we need the field testing, because there's so many more viable options. It's not just Bloody Rose. It's not just Repentia, Zephyrin, Retributors. There is so much more diversity in this book, and I really needed to spend some time to actually get some get some practice in. So, um, yeah, really happy to share you know, my thoughts on it. Yeah, because you had a bit of a uh, bit of a result recently, didn't you, with the sisters, Steve? I did. What happened there? Do you want to tell us? I can share some things. Yeah, so I took them to an RTT recently and uh, took a sort of modified list of what I ran on stream. Um, and the list I ran on stream was a bit of a hodgepodge of units that I kind of, because um, I got the book a couple of days before uh, and obviously massive thanks to Games Workshop for sending us a preview copy, but I only got it a couple of days before I actually went on general sale. So I had a good look through it. 
And then I went out, purchased all the sacrosaints I wanted because I was like, they look awesome. Like the models alone, as soon as I saw them, I was like, I want 30 of them. So I bought 25 and I uh, need to get another five. But anyway, um, and then I also went for nine Paragon War suits because I thought those models look epic. And I had this dream, Eddie. I had a dream. Tell me your dream. It was going to be called Mothers and Toddlers. Amazing. And I was going to have three gra- uh, nemesis grandmasters. And then I was going to have nine Paragon War suits. That was going to be the dream. With their baby carriers. The yeah. Baby carrier central. Anyway, the dream's still there. But for now, I just got over a one weekend, I managed to paint 20 sacrosaints. I painted a dog matter. I painted a Mor- Morvian vow and I painted three Paragon War suits. Got it on stream for the Tuesday literally spent all weekend in night painting. You were there on Discord yeah. in our community. That's dedication, boys. Yeah. Um, cur- encouraging me to get it all done. Um, got it on stream, had a really good day. Then the next day I filmed with Winters, the same list, uh, against his, so that's Winters SEO. So big shout out to Winters for having me on. And uh, we had a great battle report, which will be coming up very soon over on his channel. So if you want to see that, me versus the Death Guard, you can check that one out. And then modified the list to have a little bit more of the units I really enjoyed, but I wanted to take an, a list to an RTT with a bit of a, a bit of a moosh boosh of units. Cause I wanted, when you're testing things, I really like testing units in pairs because I think one unit's not enough to really see what it can do. Two units gives me a bit of variety. And that means with two units on the table over three games, and there's obviously five turns I'm looking at, you know, depending on when it dies, obviously, but 10 repetitions in the movement shooting fight phase per game for that unit type. And then obviously with the three games, that's 30 different repetitions in that should give me a pretty good, well-rounded viewpoint of obviously how that unit performs. So modified the list slightly and yeah, ended up face Tricari game one. How did that go? Pretty well. Scored 90 points to 36 or seven. And that's a good result against Tricari. Yeah. Um, I just played very aggressive on the table, not off the table. Um, you know, I don't like to get physical with people. It's not, it's not me. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, went real, real aggressive on the primary basically and went for primary denial and that, that worked out quite well. And then the next game was against Drakari and that was a slightly closer game. I think I scored 92 to 65 to 70 ish. I can't remember quite off the top of my head. Yeah, still a great result. And then the final game was against Harlequins and then had a good, I think I scored 98 points in that one. Can't quite remember what my opponent scored in that game, but again, very, very good game against the Harlequins. So three good armies there, obviously Drakari, different types of builds between the two, one a bit more shooty, one a bit more combat, and then um, against the Harlequins, which are obviously still very strong. So yeah, really happy with the results of the army. Yeah, great result, mate. Well done. So we can talk about some of those units that I took today and, you know, my experience with them. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I've got a question for you. What, well, obviously, you know, you've been bringing them to this tournament and you've been playing them a couple of times recently on stream and stuff. Like, what appealed to you about the army? Like, why did you want to play them? Oh, mate, it's it's the model range. The, the model range is just, when it came out, um, whenever it was, 2019? It wasn't that long ago, yeah. I went all in. I think I bought two to three of those 
the boxes that it came in. And I was like, this model range is amazing. Like I love Celestine, the model, the Zephyrin were just awesome. Repentia. Because as a kid, I had this real nostalgic moment of wanting to collect a sister's army, but I could never afford it because obviously it was all metal models. Um, yeah. And the models are just beautiful. Um, so Games Workshop, hats off. You crushed it. Yeah, there have been some brilliant releases for them. Yeah, and it's only got better this year. So that, A, I love that. B, I love the fact of these like warrior nuns, just like absolute mental nut jobs just sort of running around, just, oh, the, the combat potential with the army is just awesome. Yeah, and you've been known to like your combat, haven't you, Steve? I do like a bit of combat action, yeah. Love a good chainsword. And then, because um, I don't personally, I don't really find the shooting phase that enjoyable. It's not. It's normally a phase I just like to kind of get through as quickly as I can or only take the minimum, you know, that I need but I, like, I want to play combat, but sometimes you need to do the shooting. So that's kind of my dilemma. Yeah, it's a tricky one to balance sometimes. And then the other thing is Miracle Dice. Yeah, Miracle Dice, just for, that was what jumped out to me. Obviously, I don't play Sisters, but being able to just make a dice roll happen is incredible. Like the power there is just unparalleled in, in a game where obviously it comes down to chance a lot of the times. Yeah, and we've all seen my role in mate. Yeah, we have. Um, Tuesday was an absolute highlight of that. Anyway, so when I can be in charge of my fate, um, it makes me a really, really happy boy that I can just take some of the randomness out of the game. Because for me, it's all about unlocking a puzzle. Yeah. And I don't want to get to the point where I've done this incredible combination of like moves, advances, maybe some charges. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, Felder, Felder three inch charger with a reroll. No, I just don't like that. So I like to, um, for me, I want to see my puzzle complete and I want to see the end result of what I've put together in my mind and whether I can pull it off in having Miracle Dice just to get me through some of those tougher moments. Um, just really helped me from a psychological aspect. So for me, it's, it makes the game a lot more enjoyable because it reduces the failure points. Yeah, it just gives you that bit of confidence, like you said, that you're going to be able to get off that charge or make that save. You know, it's, it is brilliant. Yeah, because there was a moment in um, my sec- in my first game, turn two, and I knew I had to make, I think I made like nine charges in that turn. Wow. Quite a lot, right? That is a lot, yeah. But I prioritised from which units I had to get in to which ones I would like to get in. And I had re-roll charges in one place. I had a CP re-roll in another. And then also had, um, obviously, the Miracle Dice. And then I had lots of three-inch charges to make. So I could I knew which ones I could start with. And then I knew which one I needed to use the Miracle Dice for. Yeah. Um, and that was just really, really good to have those sort of backup plans. And again, I had to sit for a moment and plan out my, you know, priority of who needed to go in where, who needed to take the Overwatch, which one I was willing for it not, you know, for it to fail. Um, and it, you know, all panned out beautifully in the end. I made, I think I made all nine out of nine. Brilliant, mate. Yeah. It's all about juggling those risks, isn't it? And planning, like you said, which ones are going to be the easiest charges to make, which ones you can make a sure thing. So yeah, the miracle dice definitely helped with that as well. Like I'll never, ever use a miracle dice. I say never, ever, but rarely. I'll rarely use a miracle dice for a hit roll or a wound roll. Yeah. 
I'll only ever save it for a D6 damage roll or a charge roll. Yeah, definitely. Or that crucial save if you need to keep a character alive. Yeah, and to be honest, I rarely even use it then, actually. Um, That's good. It is more for that, like, I don't want to fail a charge. Or I actually use ones a lot for morale. Yeah, that's also a good use of those low rolls because obviously you don't, you're not always going to roll a six on your miracle dice, and yeah, it is nice to be able to have those ones to auto pass a morale check. Yeah, so um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, that for me, what that's one of the biggest appeals: the models, miracle dice, and also crazy warrior nuns. Love it. Brilliant. So um, if you were to be a, you know, let's say that I was a, a new uh, sisters player. Um, coming in, what what do I need to know like going into the faction? Okay, so first of all, in order to play the faction, you're going to need, obviously, the Codex, the Adeptus Sororitas Codex. Yeah. And also, you could then get the Book of Fire, is it? That's just been previewed, that's going to be released? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Shouldn't be long. Um, so, yeah, that is something in which uh, is going to support one of the sub-factions in the book, or the, or one of the orders, should I say. Um, so that could be something that you could look at if you want that particular order. If you don't, you don't need it. But just really, you're just going to need the Adeptor Sororitas Codex. That's going to be the main thing you're going to need. Brilliant. Now, typically, on the whole, is a very fast-moving army, but not particularly durable. You know, most of your models are toughness three with one wound and also a three-plus save. So it's like kind of light marines, as it were, um, very, very yeah. light marines. And uh, that toughness three means that there's a lot of armies out there trying to deal with rangers from Admech and also Drakari. And also what kills those also kills the uh, sisters or the battle sisters, as it were. So we are going to be yeah. swept up in that sort of mass fire. Um, yeah, people are very likely to be specking into it already. So that's the danger there. It is a little bit, yeah. But anyway, that there's some of the key things that you need to know. Obviously, we've already mentioned the use of Miracle Dice, which we'll touch on in a bit more detail. Um, and then they have something called Sacred Rites. So Sacred Rites is your unique ability when you take a pure sister's army. Okay. And your Sacred Rites, there are six you can pick from, or you can roll two. So you can roll two, you can roll two dice, and the, depending on the results, you can just have those, or you can pick one. So I like to pick personally. Um, so the six are... Now, I'm not going to go through the actual names. I'm going to tell you what they do. So the first one is plus one to your advance and charge rolls. The second one is when a model is destroyed in a, by a melee attack, you roll a d6. On a six, it does a mortal wound up to, to your opponent, to a max of six. Um, the third one is that you can deny a psychic power on a five plus instead of a six plus. So now, Sisters of Battle or Deptus Sororitas can, uh, can deny psychic powers and they always do it on a six, but they only roll one dice. Yeah, and that's for each unit in the army, isn't it? Yeah. It's part of their Acts of Faith uh, bonus. Um, no, sorry, their Shield of Faith bonus. Yeah, and um, we'll come on to Shield of Faith shortly. So that's one of them. You do it on a five instead. Then you've got Divine Guidance, which basically um, gives ranged attacks plus one AP on a roll of a six. Always helpful. And then also you've got a... Uh, Sixes to hit in combat, score an additional hit, called the Passion. And then finally, you can ignore modifiers to leadership in combat attrition. That's a good bunch. 
There's lots to choose from there. Which one stands out to you the most? I mean, personally, I like uh, the plus one to advance in charge rolls because my charges are cursed. But I can also see the you know, exploding sixes in melee being very useful. Yeah. So you need to assess this. If you're on the attack, go for plus one advance in charge. If you need to get across the table, get that engage in all fronts, take the fight to your enemy, that's the one you want to go for. If, however, you're up against a huge psychic army, obviously that five plus deny is too strong not to take, or especially if they've come for psychic actions. Yeah. Um, if you've gone for a huge shooting army with lots of battle sisters with lots of bolt guns, then obviously go for the extra AP. But if your opponent is going to bring the fight to you and you know you need the extra damage, then go for that exploding sixes in combat, obviously providing that you've built for combat, because that is really strong. Yeah, definitely. So tell me about Acts of Faith then. This is the Miracle Dice, isn't it? How, how exactly do they work? Yeah. So you can gain Miracle Dice and then you can use Miracle Dice. And you gain Miracle Dice um, in a number of ways. But essentially, you get a Miracle Dice at the start of the battle round. And what you do is you roll a dice. And whatever that dice result is, you can put into a pool of Miracle Dice. So let's say you roll a five, you've got a five later on to use. If you're all a one, you've got a one later on to use. Now, Fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, what are you going to say? I was going to say, are there, are there any other ways of gaining them? Yeah. So the other one is when one of your Adeptus Sororitas units destroys another unit themselves. So if that unit goes in into combat and kills an enemy unit in a phase, at the end of the phase you can roll another Miracle Dice. Now, you only get one Miracle Dice per phase. Right. So if you kill two in the shooting phase, you only get one at the end of the phase. If you kill four in the combat phase, you only get one at the end of the phase. Okay. Now, in the previous book, there used to be a lot more ways to get Miracle Dice than there is now. Yeah. For example, before, the um, one of the characters the triumph for St. Kathleen used to give you a miracle dice every turn, not battle round, but now it's battle round. The battle sanctum used to give you one every turn. There was also a warlord trait to give you one every turn. So there's a lot less ways now to gain them. I think as well before, if you rolled a one, a native one on morale check, you also gained a miracle dice. Yeah. So they've, they've cut a bit of that away by the sounds of it. Um, you still gain one for, if one of your units is killed as well, don't you? I believe. So you only get that if you are the martyred lady. However, what you do get is when you lose a character, you get one. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so if you lose a, if you lose a character, you get a miracle dice. Whereas um, it is the martyred lady, which is an order that will come onto you later. When you lose one of those units, you gain one as well. But again, it's only one per phase, not for each one. Yeah, so it doesn't stack up and get you loads of miracle dice in a phase where you lose a lot. Yeah, and I was really, I was really worried about the lack of miracle dice, um, but actually I found it to kind of work out okay, and I've still had miracle dice at the end of the game left to spare. Brilliant. All right, so that's the pretty much the three ways: start of the turn, vengeance by killing a unit, and then sacrifice by one of your characters being destroyed. Now, when you actually come to use them what you need to do is declare what dice you're going to sub out before you roll it. So you can't roll it and go, I don't like that result. I'll swap it out. 
So let's say I want to make an advance roll for a unit and I've got a five there and I need a five to let's say get on an objective. I'll just go, cool, I'm not going to roll this dice. I'll use a miracle dice instead. And you can only use one miracle dice per phase. Yeah, that's that's very important because obviously you could make yourself have a perfect 12-inch charge with two miracle dice otherwise, which would be a bit silly. So you can, when it comes to a charge roll, you can actually use two dice because it's a double, because it's a double ah, roll. okay. But what you can't... So you can get the 12-inch charge. You can get the 12-inch charge, but what you can't get is multiple 12-inch charges. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah, so you can get the one charge off. And also, if you CP, yeah. CP re-roll the charge result, so let's say you swapped out one dice, if you CP re-rolled it, you still keep the six. You only re-roll the other dice. That's good to hear, yeah. yeah. So you don't waste your dice. Yeah. So really, really unique way of doing that. And um, what can you use the Miracle Dice for? Um, obviously, I know which ones you generally use it for, but what's the uh, full scope of what you can do with them? So you can use Advance Roll. Charge roll, a hit roll, a wound roll, a saving throw, a damage roll, or morale check. Okay, no no psychic denies or anything like that? No. That's good to know. You can't use the deny the witch test, unfortunately, because otherwise you would just be doing on a six every time, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. So, um, yeah. That's pretty much that. Lovely. Um, so I believe there's a couple of um, sort of passives that, that units get if you're running sisters. So can you tell me a bit about them? Yes, you've got to think about the army first of all as um, you've got your actual battle sisters and then you've got some other units that kind of work alongside the battle sisters but don't have the correct keywords. So they won't get, for example, the shield of faith. So the shield of faith and axe of faith are given to the battle sister units and that gives them a six plus invulnerable save. Or it's a six, um, which can then be modified to a five up and also a four up. Uh, using different abilities but typically it's a six up across the board for all battle sisters and also they get that deny the witch on a 1d6 then the other thing you get is something called zealot and zealot is reroll hit rolls for melee attacks in a turn in which you were charged or were charged or you charged or heroically intervened and that sounds very strong um which sort of units benefit from that so these are typically the slightly more crazier units like your Repentia, your Arcoflagellants, um, your Pentanen Engines, and then I believe Mortifiers get, get it as well. I'm just going to double check before I say that they do. They do get it, yeah. Yeah, that's a very powerful ability. And this is brilliant because it's inbuilt. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they don't need any support buffs from that. They just get it, which is great. Yeah. So they're your two main abilities, Zealot and Shield of Faith. Okay. Um, and what about the, so obviously we all have sub-factions in these codexes and sisters, I believe, get order convictions. Um, can you tell me a little bit about those and which one's your favourites? Yeah, so all of them look strong, but none of them look incredible. I would say one of them is a little bit more obvious than all of the others, and I think that's typically hangover from the previous book. Um, so we'll go through these in order and then I'll sort of tell you which ones are which, all right? Yeah, perfect. Now, basically, each of these orders get, and we're only going to cover the main ones because there are some like custom ones you can look at, but we're not going to typically look at those today. But each one gets two bullet points of army rules. They also get a warlord trait, a unique relic, and then also a stratagem for them to use. 
So this one is called the Order of the Martyred Lady. Now this is the one that's going to be um, getting some support in that next book that comes out, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. So this one gets, an, one of their first bullet point is they gain an extra miracle dice for destroyed units, for their destroyed units. So if you lose a five lady unit of battle sisters in the shooting phase, brilliant, that's another miracle dice. Yeah. So this really, because it's, with the miracle dice, it's really hard to get them at the start of the game because, you know, you're not really killing many units. You're only really in the in the shooting phase. You're not in the combat phase. And it can be quite difficult to get those miracle dice that you really need. So actually having some way to just sacrifice some units to gain you miracle dice is brilliant. So I really like that rule. Then also their second ability is to get plus one to hit when they're under starting strength. Wow, that, that seems very powerful to me. Yeah, and often when I was running around with my units of Repenture, they're minus one to hit because of their weapon. Now, normally you might take a wound to overwatch or maybe you'll lose a model in the shooting phase, whatever it might be. So actually having plus one to hit forces your opponent to continue to kill that unit. Or if not, if they only do a couple of wounds, then your increases on attacks, whatever it might be, shooting, combat, is all going to get that, you know, that extra 18% better. Yeah. Uh, so really, really strong. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I mean, I can imagine if someone was charging something into me and I'd actually maybe not want to overwatch if that was only going to do one or two wounds just because I wouldn't want to turn that on. Yeah. You know, you, you think, oh, maybe I won't shoot. Maybe I won't just put yeah. off one model. I'll leave it. Um, which brings quite a nice little dynamic to the game. Now, their Warlord trait and Relic, um, they've got a really cool... Um, relic, which is a sort of crazy inferno pistol, isn't it? So what does that do? <laughs> the one pump, as we are affectionately calling it. Uh, it's a 12 inch strength nine minus four AP inferno pistol. And it does uh, a whopping D six plus three damage. Yeah. So basically you're getting the full fusion or inferno ability, but at 12 inches. Yeah. And a strength nine as well. Yeah. It's dangerous. Very dangerous one pump. Um, then we've got their Warlord trait is uh, minus one damage taken, I believe. Yeah. And then the Miracle Dice, if you kill a unit, is a six. Yeah. And then for sacrifice in general, also when this Warlord is destroyed as well. So just a good way of getting those sixes, right, for those Miracle Dice. Yeah, good to get that reliability in. Yeah. And then their stratagem is when one of your characters is killed, you can give your units plus one to wound against the unit that killed that character for one CP. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you can really do some work with that. Yeah. Punch back. Plus one to wound is always nice. So again, that's really helpful, especially in a combat-based army. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So that's pretty much Martyred Lady in a nutshell. And the other unique thing about them is they get a special character called Junith. Yeah, you quite like Junith, don't you? I really do. And we're going to cover her in a shortly when we cover the top unit section. Um, so yeah, for now, we'll, come, we'll pause on that one and we'll come back to it. But I really like her as a character. And for me, I'm, I'm swaying more and more towards the martyred lady is one of my top faves. Good stuff. Um, up next, we've got order of the valorous heart. Tell me a bit about them. Okay. So this is, I think one of the ones that most people on the internet are probably look, uh, swaying towards. Would you agree? I think there's, yeah, there seems to be a favorable amount of people getting, choosing this one over the others. I think there's a couple of nice bonuses that they get. Yeah. They get, so they ignore mortals on five pluses. Yep. And obviously with Grey Knights on the horizon, Thousand Suns on the horizon, it's going to be a lot of mortal wounds coming at you. 
And then also their second ability is they reduce AP one in two by one. Yeah, that's fantastic for the survivability. Yeah, absolutely. Their warlord trait, you regain uh, one lost wound every time it performs an act of faith and gains a five plus feel no pain. Always very nice. Yeah. The relic is they get a three inch aura of minus one toughness on units. Yeah. And if it's chaos, I believe it also gives them minus one strength. So it's, it's you know, uber death guard. Yeah, absolutely. So that is something in which um, very, very good. And you can actually combine that with a relic to make that six inch aura. Yeah, that's amazing. Especially in the shooting phase, if you can get them in the right range and then unload. Yeah. So very, very good on that front. Um, and then what have I missed? Their CP. During the shooting or fight phase, one CP, you can ignore the hit roll modifier. Yeah. And uh, ballistic skill and weapon modifiers. So you can ignore any of them if you want to, which is fantastic against, you know, certain units and models that have those. Yes, you can get your Repentia hitting back on threes. You can get those um, Retributors moving and shooting with those heavy weapons and just ignoring that modifier for, or maybe you're shooting through dense terrain, you can ignore that as well. So very good for one CP. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, So up next we have Order of the Bloody Rose. Now this is my fave. Yeah. The current fave. It's got the word blood in it. That's a good start. And rose. Why not? <laughs> Bloody flowers is what we like. Yeah. That's what we like to see. Yeah. And they're red. So I'm in. Um, it's like a blood angel, but female. Yeah, exactly. Also, so it's tickling your fancy then, Steve. Absolutely. So... Um, their abilities are you get plus one attack when you charged, were charged, or heroically intervene. Yeah, that's amazing off the bat. And your second bullet point is that you get an extra AP on those melee attacks, meaning most of your weapons in the game are minus four. Yeah, so you're going to be coming in and hitting really hard. That's that's amazing. Yeah. When you're taking the Terminator straight to their invun save, even with a storm shield, brilliant. Yeah. Or when you're, you know, not letting Space Marines even get a save. Brilliant. Yeah, so strong. Very powerful. And then they get this one, the Warlord trait. Plus one attack on your Warlord. And you also can advance in charge. And I took this in my tournament and I loved it. Advance in charge in Canoness. And we're going to talk about a stack I did with her later. Uh, because there's something that we haven't spoke about yet, which we'll cover when we come to the Canoness and Palantines. But there is a, a way to really make these characters just absolutely sing not only for them but also for the rest of your army which is a they've got an inbuilt ability than a once per game ability and they are incredible so we'll cover those later yeah then the relic they've got is called the beneficer now personally i didn't take this um and we'll cover why later um but the beneficer basically replaces a chainsaw plus two strength minus two ap which obviously then becomes minus one sorry it'll become yep. minus three minus three yeah yep. and it's one damage now, the bearer makes three additional attacks. And if there's six or more models, you get a D3 plus three. Yeah. So within if, you're, if you've got six or more enemy models surrounding you within three inches, that is going to be a lot of attacks. It's great. Yeah, because once you've combined that with the wall or trait, your cannoness starts with four attacks. So your bloody rose, you get five. Wall or trait, six. You're going to be minimum nine attacks yeah that's amazing yeah strength five minus three one damage yeah that's that's your sort of slap blend levels of character really isn't it yeah pretty good 
And then the stratagem, one CP, on modified hit rolls of a six auto wound. Yeah, that's fantastic. We, we love stuff like that because there's so much in this game where you've, you're coming into sort of high toughness targets and you're just not going to get anything through otherwise. That's brilliant. And there's a lot in this army that I found in combat that is strength six. So having this stratagem up my sleeve is a brilliant way of just sort of changing those odds ever so slightly. Definitely. So up next, we've got Order of the Ebon Chalice. Tell me about them. Yeah, so the Ebon Chalice or Ebon, which I, I don't know how you pronounce it, um, you get to choose two rights instead of uh, rolling. And then when you perform an act of faith, when you discard a Miracle Dice, the dice you use counts as a six. Yeah, both really strong. I quite like this one personally. Being able to get those two sacred rights at the start and choose both of them is, is quite powerful because they're great, the sacred rights, as we already know. Yeah, because you can get that plus one advance in charge. You can get that, you know, exploding sixes. You know, exploding yep. sixes is pretty much as good as an extra attack. Yeah, stack that up together and you're looking at something quite potent. Yeah, um, but then you've got the extra mobility as well, which the Bloody Rose typically have to go for the, you know, the extra mobility. So, um, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so I really like that. And then they get their Warlord trait, which is very similar to before. Um, but the the one you get at the start of the battle round is a six. And then also when you spend a command point on a five plus, it's refunded. Yeah, they're, they're again, just efficiency, aren't they? You know, getting CP back, it's great. Making your miracle dice a bit more reliable, again, brilliant. They've got a relic, which replaces a contemptor bolt gun, and it's got a stake mode. Um, it's got... Yeah. Bonus AP, but does flat damage, uh, flat three mortal wounds to a psyker. Yeah, and they ignore, uh, I believe they ignore lookouts there as well, so they're quite strong. Uh, let's have a little quick look. Double share that one. Yes, you do. Yeah. You can just snipe a psyker from out of your enemy's lines. Brilliant. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and and that's, that model's unit suffers three mortal wounds in addition and with the blessed stake, it's strength four minus two, two damage. Yeah. So you can just one shot quite a lot of psychic characters with that. And I believe there's a, I believe there's a stratagem where you can use a miracle dice for a hit roll and use it for your wound roll as well. Yeah, that'd be great. So if you can, if you use, let's say that, I don't know, let's say, you know, you need the five to wound your opponent. You just use a five, it hits, use the strat it wounds and then if your opponent fails that invulnerable save they may or may not have you're doing flat yeah. five damage to a psyker yeah that's just going to delete someone yeah and i need to get the uh, cursed city model with the stake or like the uh, the aos model with that big old uh, crossbow that's just come out yeah be awesome. so good yeah be like that's my character with this flying stake of doom yeah yeah <laughs> um things like warlocks farces they're in trouble Definitely. So uh, what stratagem do they get? Okay, so in the shooting phase, you get extra three inch, sorry, extra four inch range on your flamers. And also um, on a modified wound roll of a four plus, you cause three mortal wounds. Sorry, you cause a mortal wound in it up to three, basically. Yeah, that's really good as well. Just make those flamers that bit more powerful. And there's, a, there's another stratagem, so you get max amount of shots with flamers. Yeah, good to use in tandem, I guess. Yeah. The, the wombo combo so cleansing flame yeah. for one cp that's called brilliant um and that takes us down to um the order of the argent shroud 
So this is probably the most obvious in terms of how it stands out. And I think this is really because we people know how good retributors are with their multi-melters and cherubs, which allow you to fire again. Um, you basically count as remaining stationary during the shooting phase, whether you move or advance. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Because most of those sort of things don't tend to affect it when you advance. They just do it when you made normal moves. So that's brilliant. And also you can re-roll a hit or a wound roll when your unit shoots or fights. Yeah, both really good. You know, if you're, if you're using melter as well. Just getting the maximum Very efficiency, helpful. aren't you? Yep, definitely. Because if you're, let's say, using retributors that are hitting on threes, you've got a cannoness nearby, so she's giving you reroll ones to hit. So let's say you've got unit of four, that's eight shots. You'll probably roll two ones, two twos, and then, I don't know, a three, four, five, and a six, say, on a bad roll. On one of your rolls. On one of my rolls, yeah. You can reroll <laughs> the two ones, and then you can reroll a two. Yep. And then you should convert that into, I don't know, whatever that is, like six or seven hits. Yeah, I mean, that could be the difference between killing the target and not. So, you know, it's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then you can stack that with a palantine, which gives you reroll ones to wound. And if you didn't re- re- use the reroll for the hit roll, you could use it for a wound roll. And then if you do get a damage through, you can use a miracle dice. So, perfect. Yeah. Very efficient. Um, and then the Warlord trait allows a six-inch heroic intervention and grants um, basically another ability as well, um, which also... I believe it gives you fight first, doesn't it? At the start of the fight phase, if this Warlord is within engagement range of an enemy unit, it can fight first that phase, yeah? So really good yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, well, we've, we've covered on the Rules Courthouse podcast just how powerful, obviously, all the fight first abilities can be as well. And now that uh, fight last is a, is a little easier to counter, that's a great thing to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then their stratagem, basically, in any phase, you can ignore mortal wounds on a four plus on a unit. Yeah, that's incredible. Against some of the bomber like planes and stuff that just drop a load of mortals on you, that could be really helpful. Yeah. And then um, you've got the Quicksilver Veil Relic. You add three to your movement um, and then you become minus one to hit. So that means your Cannoness now is moving nine inches. Yeah, from one fast lady. Well, yeah, because it really helps you keep up with the rest of your army because it's going to be moving, advancing. And then when you start to combine Retributors with Dominions in a Rhino, you can get some pregame move shenanigans off. Very strong. Yeah, definitely. So that takes us over to the last of the uh, the main orders, which is the Order of the Sacred Rose. Yeah, so for me, this is probably one of the weaker ones out of all of them. Yeah, I get the same feeling. I'm just not that excited about it because you auto-pass combat attrition tests. Yep. And combat attrition doesn't come up too much because I'm really good at rolling ones on Miracle Dice. <laughs> so I just keep them for my auto-pass morale. You're always passing them then, yeah. I found my army, mate, where ones are actually useful. Yeah. Um, playing to your strengths, mate. That's it. Um, and then <laughs> uh, it's why I never go for the sacred right exploding sixes because I've never seen one. No, you um, wouldn't. No. And then when you, <laughs> when you use a miracle dice, you roll a d6 on a four plus, you get a miracle dice back, which isn't too bad. Yeah, that's that side of it's great. Like the first part, take it or leave it. But the, that second part is, you know, probably the stronger bit. Yeah. Um. And then your Warlord trait once per turn when this unit performs an Axe of Faith, the Warlord this is, um, basically your Miracle Dice is considered to be a six. 
And then you also gain a six inch or a fullback and shoot for core units. So that's okay for retributors, but if your retributors are getting hit in combat, they're probably not going to survive to fullback. That's the thing. And yeah. unless you're taking a massive block of 20 battle sisters, I can't really see that being a very powerful warlord trait because I think, like I said, if you get hit in combat or tagged, you're probably dead anyway. Yeah, you need to build around it as well, which makes it even trickier to use. Yeah. Um, so the the relic replaces the holy fire and it's uh, once per game, I think. Yeah, normally it's once per game. I think this basically just removes that clause. So you can use the brazier of the holy fire as many times as you like, which is which is good, but you know, it's not blowing anyone's socks off, I don't think. No. And then you've got a stratagem sixes to hit score an additional hit yeah so i mean this this feels a bit like a more of a gun line kind of order doesn't it it's kind of with the with the fallback and shoot and the sixes additional hits and stuff yeah i mean that's pretty good i mean if you're putting that on that unit of retributors um and maybe you've got morvian vel nearby and you've got you know full re-rolls to hit on you could just fish for those sixes yeah so that's pretty good um, but then if you've moved, you're hitting on fours. So again, it's a way of getting around some of those negatives for moving and shooting. But anyway, so then you've got obviously your the minor convictions, um, but we don't need to cover those too much really. Yeah, most of them are just a mishmash of like weaker versions of what we've already seen from the main orders, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take a really short, quick break and then we'll be back from the break and we're going to be covering the blessings of the faithful. This is that really powerful bit I told you about. And if you're um, going to be facing the Adeptus Sororitas, this is the one you really need to tune in for because this is where it's going to get really spicy and there could be some gotcha moments in these. So do listen up to those next and we'll be back from the break very soon. Today's show is sponsored by Foreground Publishing, premium pre-painted MDF terrain perfect for your Warhammer 40k 9th edition games as seen on the Vanguard Tactics stream and battle reports. Just unbox, build and play. And to order your set of terrain, just head over to www.foregroundpublishing.co.uk This podcast is sponsored by C-Studios, the leading commission painting service for tabletop miniatures. From placing your order, seeing the work in progress and receiving your stunning new models, Siege Studios delivers an incredible service and experience. One of the most exciting days I can ensure you is receiving that parcel at the door and unwrapping the best gift ever. To find out more about getting your army commissioned painted by the professionals, check out www.seedstudios.co.uk. Okay, so we're back from the break. And Eddie, what are we covering next then? Blessings of the Faithful. Now, this is very similar to the sort of chapter command upgrades that you've got for Space Marines in that you pay points for them. Um, and there are some pretty incredible options there, aren't there, Steve? Yes. I'm, I'm running out of characters to upgrade. <laughs> that's a good sign I'm like a kid in a sweet shop I want it all so first up we've got the word of the emperor at 40 points which is obviously an expensive upgrade but um, what does that let you do well before I cover that I probably should cover how they work yeah that'd be a good idea wouldn't it probably so you get a passive ability so when you when you get this upgrade you get like a passive happens all the time but then once per game you can go Super Saiyan and you use a Miracle Dice and whatever Miracle Dice you get rid of. So if you get rid of a one, you get a one inch aura of your second 
miraculous ability. If you get rid of a two to a five, you get a three inch aura. If you get a big six and you get a six inch aura. Now, the best thing about these is that these abilities are not actually classified as an aura and therefore cannot be turned off. So Morty, who likes to turn off auras, cannot turn off these ones because they're just too miraculous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're too powerful. Just too powerful for him. Yep. So yeah, the first one, like you said, Word of the Emperor is 40 points. And I had this on my Palantine. The passive ability is you choose a unit within three at the start of the fight phase and they fight last. We love a fight last, don't we, Steve? Don't we just? Don't we just? Yeah, that's really strong. Oh, but the negative thing about the aura thing is that you can't increase it either. Yeah, so you can't use the the one you were talking about earlier to buff that up to nine or anything, which is unfortunate, but at least it can't be turned off. So, you know, you're safe. Yeah, because that's one of my top relics from the book is you put a, the Book of St. Lucius, where you basically give a, any of the, your auras plus three inches, but it doesn't affect these. Yeah. So yeah, that's your word of the emperor passive ability. And then you get the miraculous ability when your enemy unit is within miracle range. So that hopefully you've rolled a big six at some point, you use that for that six inch aura. Your opponent cannot make invun saves against you. Yeah. So I think for all of these, just to clarify going ahead, they basically only affect core and character units. Um, but that is an incredible ability to have going straight through invulns. It'd be in- amazing against Terminators, everything. Well, I can tell you this now. The Harlequin player I uh, played against game three didn't like it. I should imagine not. <laughs> it's quite the counter to the old Harlequins, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would tear through them. But in fairness... I will be honest, When I, in all my games I played, I rarely used it in the first two to the point where I just did it because I could. I didn't need it. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing ability to have. I know it's limited to once per game, but it's so strong. And actually against the Harlequin player, I didn't need it. I just used it because I could. Yeah. But I really like the fight last ability. Yeah. It's great to have, you know, be able to do that every turn. Yeah especially in a combat build army in a shooting army you don't need it as much no so up next we have rapturous blows which is 25 points yes how does that work so your passive ability is plus one strength in damage to the model with melee weapons excluding relics i mean that's still very strong so i i put this one on my cannon s because remember i take a blessed blade which is damage two so she becomes damage three and a blessed blade is your stand, or it's like a 10 point, just power, we- super power weapon, basically. Yeah. So, so it's not a relic, so you can do it. Yeah. And it stacks with the warlord trait, the plus one attack, advancing charge. Um, yeah. Beautiful. So good for flat damage three. Um, she's been known to just walk into a unit of five eradicators and pick them all up. Yeah. That's uh, scary stuff. Yeah. Because you're minus four as well with that weapon. And what's the miraculous ability for Rapturous Blows? So on paper, this looks incredible, but in reality, it wasn't as strong as I thought. When when you're in miracle range, friendly and core units and character units do mortal wounds on a six to wound, when in combat only though. Yeah, so that's in addition to their normal damage, which is really good. Um, But I guess because of the range on it, it's going to be a little tricky to pull off sometimes. You kind of put it in one place and then you just put it on one unit. And 
you know, I was averaging about six mortal wounds and I'm putting in a lot of attacks. Yeah, they help, but, you know, with your rolling sixes, Steve, they probably didn't do too much for you. No, but um, it, it's it's one of those things that it is once per game. Um, It reads a lot more powerful than I think it actually behaves on the table. Yeah, I think when you see these sort of abilities and you don't see the limit to mortal wounds, your eyes light up a little bit. But yeah, I, I get why in this case. It's probably because it's not really going to... It has a kind of natural ceiling, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. Then the next one. Divine Deliverance. That's 15 points. So one of the more cheap upgrades in the, yes. in the lot. So your passive ability is basically during your opponent's command phase, select an enemy within six, roll 3d6. If you beat them, you can disable its auras. I just don't like it because it's a three-inch aura. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good, but it's situational. You've got to get over their leadership on 3D6. Normally, if you want to turn off an aura, it's probably a character's one. Yeah. Is it six or three? It's six inches, it says here. Yeah. I mean, it's not huge, is it? It's it's a tricky one to get off sometimes, I imagine. It says six on your notes, so... um, Yeah. It is six, yeah. And their miraculous ability... So their miraculous ability um, is when a core character unit's within miracle range, um, if they destroy a unit with a ranged attack, subtract from the unit's leadership up to a maximum of three. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not, I think a lot of us aren't a huge fan of leadership modifiers because they don't always come up um, and you can just auto pass once per game anyway. So kind of loses a bit of its strength, doesn't it? Yeah. Next one. Uh, the Emperor's Grace, 20 points. So the model regains D3 lost wounds in each of your command phases. It's okay, but typically Handy. if your Cannon S or Palantine's getting hit, it's probably dead anyway. Yeah. Can be quite good when you stack it though with the stratagem to get back up. Yeah, that's true because you do you roll to see how many wounds they come back up with when they get back no- normally or do you, no, you have burn, to spend... You burn a certain amount of Miracle Dice and that's how many wounds yeah. you get back. So that would help, definitely. Um, but what I really like is that once per game, friendly and core units within that miracle range cannot re-roll hit rolls, wound rolls, or damage rolls against you. So the enemy units can't re-roll anything against you at all, basically. That's amazing. Which is really good because I like them. I like these miracle abilities when you can actually use them on your own terms. You don't need to get your Cannon S or Palantine in a certain place, like the turn-off Invan. You know, trying to get your Palantine within three inches, because that's the average miracle range is three inches. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to be, it's, you're going to have to get them very, very close for it to work. Whereas this one, you can do that early doors, prevent a bit of an early game alpha from your opponent. Cool. Love that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, up next is Righteous Judgment, 25 points. Yeah. So this one, you ignore Lookout Sir for the model's ranged attacks and modify sixes to wound, cause a mortal wound in addition. Yeah. But Nice. Yes, okay. I mean, you just, the problem with it is there's just not many weapons um, that it's really going to come up with. Yeah, you need a lot of shots to make those unmodified sixes do more tools, don't you, really? Yeah, and that's going to be, a, I think, a storm bolter at best. Yeah. Um, and if you've only got four shots, you might not even roll a six. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to hit first. But the miraculous, the miracle range um, is when you put this on your unit, you can turn off. Um, so each time a character or core model was in miracle range, basically they then ignore the benefits of cover for their attack. So if you've got lots of, yeah, 
I don't know, like bolt gunfire nearby, heavy bolters, you've stacked out that way, then this could be quite useful to turn off their cover. Um, it's probably not really going to affect the multi-melters, but can help in some other situations. Yeah, definitely. And then lastly, we have Blinding Radiance, which is 30 points. I really like this one, actually. And this is going to be something I'm going to be testing out with my Martyred Lady. Um, it's a passive ability. You get subtract one from the wound roll against ranged attacks. I'm not taking it for that. I'm only taking this for the once per game ability, which is what a friendly core character unit is with a miracle range. Subtract one from hit rolls from ranged attacks against them. That's great at the start, isn't it? Yeah, really, really good. Especially if you haven't got much terrain on the table. You can just go, cool, yeah. minus one hit for the whole army. Yeah, because we're you know obviously with that new GW terrain layout, which we're not going to go into today, but um, there's some fairly open firing lines. So being able to give yourself just minus one to everyone around your leader is amazing. It's going to really help, isn't it? Definitely. Okay, so then the next thing we've got is hymns of battle, isn't it? Yeah, so these are a bit like chaplain litanies, um, but for sisters. So uh, how do they work, Steve? Well, before they were so easy because before you had a priest and it had a war hymn and a priest war hymn basically gave you plus one attack within an aura range of six inches, yeah, which you could then get up to nine inches. But now you've got to do that dreaded for me, the dreaded role of needing a three plus. <laughs> yeah, it never happens, does it? No, I, I fail it more times than I pass it. But um, yeah, now you can do this on a priest, a dialogus model, which we'll cover later, and then also a dog matter is that how you pronounce it? Dogmata, I think, yeah. Dogmata. Yeah, I think so. I, like I might it. just be being posh. You could be, but I love it. Dogmata. A dogmata, yes. Um, what, what? So anyway, <laughs> any of these can take some. And uh, certain priests get access to some, and then dogmata can pick more, basically. <laughs> okay, so you've got a war hymn, pick a unit, core character, plus one attack. Or, yeah. or engine of redemption as well. So basically six inch yeah. or a plus one attack on a unit. Yeah, it's good. Um, another one is basically select a unit within 12, D3 mortal wounds. Um, yeah. Another one is basically, this is quite good. Pick a core character or engine of redemption cannot be affected by psychic powers. And if it's already been affected, it just stops immediately. So if it's been doom or jinxed, yeah. you're like, nope, not anymore. And also all those smites can't target it. So unlucky, son. Yeah, that's it's a really good one. Um, there's a lot of powerful psychic abilities in the game. Like if we look at Ezekiel for the Dark Angels, he's got some monstrous stuff that he can do. So being able to just turn those off and get your obset back or whatever, amazing. Yeah. Been made to fight last? Not anymore. Yep, exactly. So I love that. Um, and it's on your unit, not an opponent, so that's bear that in mind. Yeah. So the next one is basically you, you get what plus one strength and attack to non- um, oh, and AP as well on your, on your non-relic weapons um, and you get to fight twice, but it's not brilliant. I think some of the others are just so much better. Yeah. I mean, I could have a smash priest. A do- I could have a smash dog matter if I wanted maybe a bloody rose. Yeah, it's an option. You could probably build a character to work with it, but it's probably not the one you're going to be doing most of the time. No, because this next one is great, which is um, get within six inches, you can pick a core unit or character and you can get plus one um, to your invulnerable save. Yeah, from the Shield of Faith ability. So that's the one we were talking about earlier where you can improve it. This is uh, one of the ways. So, And that's up to a max of four up, isn't it? It's one of the only ways to get your Paragon Warsuits up to a five plus invulnerable save. Yeah, so very you, strong. You take it for that 
or I just like the extra attack, really. So what's next? Okay, so you can also then basically gain another right, a sacred right for your unit. Is that in addition to the ones that it's already being affected by? Uh, yes. That's really good. Very strong. And then the other one is um, basically with bolt weapons, unmodified sixes to hit, auto wound. And if half range, you get an extra AP. Yeah. So that's going to play into that sort of more gun liney army, isn't it? Um, yes. Probably not going to be using it in your list, Steve, but... No, I've got too many chainsaws. But if you've got a big brick of 20 battle sisters and you went for the, um, the sh- is it not the Argent Shroud, but the other one, the one that we spoke about at the end, um, where they can yeah. get exploding sixes to hit. Yeah, it could tandem in well with that. Tandem really, really well. Um, and remember, you can also take the Sacred Right, so then on a six to wound, you get an extra AP. So if you're in half range and you're getting that, then you're going to be minus, minus two bolt guns. Yeah, it's decent. It's quite good. So you can build around it. So yeah, what do you want to talk about next? Well, we should probably have a quick look at some of the um, codex secondaries, right? Yeah, they're they're a tricky one. They're not the most standout secondaries we've seen in, in a recent ninth ed codex, but there's a couple that could work. Yeah, so one of our students on the academy is getting really good success at the moment with the Leap of Faith, and he's saying that in most of his games he's scoring anywhere from 8 to 10 points. And you basically score victory points for how many acts of faith you either use in your turn or your opponent's turn. So again, you can really build around that if you really build for the, you know, for example, the Martyred Lady where you get Miracle Dice back when you lose a unit. If you've got the uh, Triumph of St. Catherine in and she gives you a Miracle Dice at the start of the battle round. And also if you took a Battle Sanctum and you did an action for the turn, you could get a Miracle Dice. So if you really build around it, I think you could build really well around that secondary. And also because it's no mercy, no respite, um, sisters are very good at stranglehold. They're very good at engaged. They're very good at banners. They're very good at retrieve data Octarius. So they're good at shadow operations and they're also good at, um, what's the other one? Battlefield supremacy. Battlefield supremacy. So they're, they're already good at that in there. Yeah. So having a no mercy, no respite in the bank is quite a good option. Yeah, it's nice. Gives you, opens up your stronger options and you know, you don't want to pick one that you're going to do better with just from the main lot that you're choosing from. Yeah. Because the shadow operation one um, where you basically get four points if you do an action outside of your on an objective outside your deployment zone. So it's quite situational depending on the mission. Um, yeah, I actually took this in my first game and I maxed out. Yeah, you get four for all the objectives outside your deployment, and I think you get one point for your home objective. So it, you know, it's good. Now, how did you find it playing? You have to stay alive because yeah, it's completed at the start of your next phase. It's not the end of turn. Yeah, and, and again, it also, if there's an enemy can, can like on the point, you can't do it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But again, another big brick of 20 battle sisters. Um, and if you've got a, a dog martyr nearby, you can... <laughs> Cheers, Steve. No problem, mate. Um, you can use the stratagem as well on that bigger unit of battle sisters to get transhuman. Uh, so you can't be wooden on a one, two, three, or four. Um, and also increases your range of your rapid fire weapons, basically. So you get maximum shots, even at full range. Yeah. Um, so a really durable unit. And then you can give them a four plus and vulnerable save by a warlord trait buff. Um, and then maybe the, you know, the dog martyr ability, whatever. Um, and then the dog martyr as well. Oh, sorry, mate. Stop. I can't help it. I just can't <laughs> help it at this point. Um, she can allow core units to shoot and still perform actions. Okay. Yeah, that's that's very good. 
And also she can grant a core unit obsec. And if they've already got it, become double obsec. So if you've got a 20 warrior woman brick, that becomes 40 models on that objective. Yeah, no one's taking that off of you. And if you've got hospital hospitaler nearby, then you get five, a six plus... A hospitaler? No, yeah, a six plus feel no <laughs> now pain. Now you're doing it. <laughs> a six plus feel no pain on that unit, four plus invun, um, transhuman. I mean, throwing some minus one to hit from that miracle ability and you're sticking around. Yeah. But that's a lot of stuff to stack up just to hold an objective till your next command phase. So I do see where you're coming from in terms of it being a little dodgy. Yeah. Um, I think there's another one, defend the shrine. But the issue with this one is that it is a battlefield supremacy one. So you're most likely going to be uh, taking the one from the main book. Yeah, and I believe your opponent picks it. They do, yeah. Um, and also there's, there's an interesting one with this because I think you score, basically your opponent picks an objective, uh, not in their deployment zone. And then you score three points if you control it at the end of your turn. And you also score three points at the end of the battle if you control it. But the interesting one, what we're seeing with this one, is that if your opponent holds it at the end of the battle, it actually deducts three points off of what you scored for it, down to a minimum of zero. But it's the first time we've seen that, which is interesting. Yeah, it could be a way to things to go. Yeah, maybe. Nasty way to go. <laughs> Nasty way to go. Um, so, yeah, you don't, I don't like it so much compared to, let's say, banners or... Um, yeah. Also, battlefield supremacy like engage or stranglehold. Battlefield supremacy. Right? Yeah. yeah. Stranglehold's probably better for you. I love a good stranglehold. You know. <laughs> what? So, uh, <laughs> units. Any particular highlights for you, Steve? <laughs> yeah. So let's have a look. Dig dive through the units. You got the Supreme Commander, the most beautiful model in town. It's Morvian yeah. Val. I saw this model and I was like, yes need to have yeah. this so she is just unbelievable the model yeah she she's a lot of points but she is incredible she's worth every penny i think well interesting you say that because i've actually considered this with a not in it so i don't think she's an auto take that's interesting i know i think i've just broken the internet but i don't think she's an auto take um she's a supreme commander very good in combat yep. full rerolls to hit and wounds on a unit. Yeah. And you get also... She gets that herself as well, doesn't she? In combat though. Yeah. And then she halves all damage. Wow. Once per battle, she can fight again. She's got a two plus save with a four plus invulnerable save and like I said, halves all damage. And then she's also got an aura that gives you reroll ones to hit and wound for core units. Yeah. So very, very good. But she obviously has to be your warlord because she is... The Supreme Commander. Big dog, yeah. Yeah. High Lord of Terror. But um, yeah, the, I mean, the full rerolls, being able to dump that on a big squad of sisters, I can see that being pretty spicy. Um, yeah. So she's a HQ choice, but also a Supreme Commander. So you can put her in either detachment slot. Okay. Yeah. So if you've got space for her, you could just chuck her in a battalion. If not, you can, if you want to take three characters and her, you could put her in a Supreme Command and get obviously your three CPs refunded, I believe. Yeah, that's great. I mean, how did you find running her at the event? Great. I did. I mean, in all my games, um, maybe not against the Death Guard so much. Wasn't that brilliant when I played Winters. Um, but in the games against Drakari, she was really, really good. Um, in the Harlequin matchup, I didn't really need her. Yeah, because she's got decent shooting as well, hasn't she? She basically gets a missile launcher at D6 damage, though. Um, yeah. 
it was a bit of a whiffer for me. Um, oh, it would be. And then it's basically got a souped up heavy bolter. Yeah. So it was okay. It was okay. Um, so the next character I want to talk about is Junith. We've already spoke about the Cannon S, which gives you reroll ones to hit, the Palantine reroll ones to wound. But Junith is your martyred lady special character. Now, she's a chapter master, so she's got a reroll one aura. This is the one on the flying pulpit, so she's got, you know, double heavy flamer. Yeah. But she's got a really cool ability. So not only is she chapter master to give one unit full rerolls to hit, she's only 130 points, but also within six inches. And she's on a massive flying base. Okay. Six inches infantry core units get light cover when they're near you. Oh, wow. So that means your sacrosaints, my 20 to 30 of them, are getting a two plus save plus light cover. Yeah, that's really handy. And then if you stack that with that once per game ability of minus one to hit, you've basically got dense cover, light cover, and a two plus save. Yeah, so you can just stand out in the open and basically be in full cover. It's incredible. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. So I really like that. So I really, that's where I'm starting to lean into. Um, You know, obviously Celestine's changed slightly. She's less of a force multiplier, more of a smash character. Um, and the Triumph is still a bit of a force multiplier. Um, but they've changed the way that um, she works in terms of models, countment. It cannot embark um, aboard a transport. But for the purposes of lookouts uh, and terrain uh, traits, um, for like dense and obscuring, etc., you only count as nine wounds rather than the 18 that she has. Okay. And then also she used to miracle dice manipulate or manipulate miracle dice. But now what she does is basically once per battle round before you perform an act of faith for a friendly Sorotis core unit um, or character within six, you can change the result of a one, you can change the result of one miracle dice to a six. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to have definitely, but it's not, you know, there are other ways to do that. Yeah. But obviously she gets you that miracle dice at the start of the battle round as well. So yeah, that, that definitely helps. I think the triumph's still, still in there for potential pick. Yeah. Uh, so Battle Sisters now, obviously, as we said earlier, can be taken in units of 20 and you can take up to four Storm Bolters now. And Storm Bolters have got a big old buff. They're damaged two. Um, and there's a really cool stratagem in there for one CP where if you roll a six to hit, you do two mortal wounds and the, um, the, the sequence ends. Yeah. So if you've got these four Storm Bolters alive, and obviously, like we said, we can we can put them on a, an objective, spend two CPs to get the transhuman, and then also... You've now got Storm Bolters at range 24 for the full shot. So you're going to be rolling uh, 16 shots. And if you've got Morvian Val nearby, then you're re-rolling all hits yeah. to get you you're just yeah. looking for those sixes to get you that six mortal wounds off. And then obviously the rest would then just carry on and just do normal damage, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty dangerous combo as well. And now that they can be taken in those big blocks, it's very powerful. Yeah, it's nice to see it. Really good. Definitely. Um, so in the elites, you've got the Dialogus. Uh, this is a character, she, she's kind of like holding a book, screaming. Um, basically, she can manipulate Miracle Dice by one and she can now do a him. It's okay, but elites are like tight for what you want to take because yeah. you need a dog matter or dog martyr um, because <laughs> this allows your core units to shoot and perform actions. And you can also grant a core unit obsec, which I did every single turn on my Zephyrin. Zephyrin are now a fast attack. Um, I'll cover those now, but Zephyrin have lost the reroll wounds, which was a bit of a blow, but they gained a strat for uh, plus one to wound. But with the amount of attacks they get, because they actually got an extra attack on their profile and at fast attack slots, for me, 
they are a really good standout unit. So um, the Dogmata combined with them, really, really good. And obviously yeah. the Zephyrins still get that plus one on their invulnerable save. Yeah, fantastic. And she can also double up Obset, can't she? Um, if you've already got it, yeah, which is handy. And then the Hospitala is much better now because she gives you a six plus Feel No Pain aura and it's three inches, but you can give it the Book of St. Lucius to go up to a six inch. Um, and then also um, there's a stratagem to resurrect D3 core infantry models. Yeah, that's great because obviously with Space Marines, they're a bit they're chunkier boys, so resing one makes sense. But with sisters, because they're only one wound, being able to get up to D3 back is a bit handier. You know, they're 14 points a model. It's not like you're bringing an yeah. attack bike back. Exactly. So it's pretty good. So you quite like the uh, the Celestians, didn't you? Um, there's a, a new type. The Sacrosaints. Yeah. Um, so Tell me about them. So they, they get the bodyguard keyword. Uh, core rule even um they've got basically these incredible halberds which are strength six minus two or three by the time you're bloody rose uh one damage uh they get a boatload of attacks um they can set to defend as well no matter where they are that's great yeah nice uh, bonus to have storm shield so four plus invern two plus save um and they're really good really really good for that body that a lot of people take assassinate against you, but they just help you stay, you stay alive so much longer and actually denies assassinate really, really well. Assassinate is a pretty bad pick, I think, against sisters, but it looks appealing. Yeah, it's the same with Dark Angels. You end up with some tough characters and people don't just underestimate them. Yeah, so they are brilliant. Um, you've also got your Repentia. So Repentia still do what Repentia do. Um, you've obviously lost the stratagem for advancing charge now in this book, um, which was a bit of a blow, but <clears throat> you can take a Repentious Superior now, which basically picks a unit to give it advancing charge. Yeah. The problem with this is a command phase ability. So if you're in a Rhino, you're not going to get to use it. Yeah, it's tricky like that. It's like um, litanies for Space Marines. Obviously, you have to do them uh, in a different phase if you want to jump out and do them and that's a bit of a restriction. And she's also got an aura as well, the hospital, uh, the superior to give plus one to wound as well. So those repentia are really spicy now. Um, yeah. But I actually didn't take one, you know. I, I yes, ran, fair enough. I ran two units of repentia, but I thought for the 40 points, I just didn't really want to rely on that advance in charge. And I took it out and I didn't miss her actually. So I don't think she's essential, but she's a nice to have. Before she did nothing, but now she's... Now there's a real reason to take her. Yeah, that's good. At least they've, uh, you know, they've made it something you need to make a choice about rather than just get, and it's a little powerful. Yeah, if I was running triple, used to be. yeah, if I was running triple Repentia, I'd take it, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so the Paragon War suits, mate, should we talk about them? Yeah, because, I mean, everyone's been going mad about them. They're your baby carriers, as we, as we said, and um, they do look great. But what have, what's been your impression after you've played with them for a few games? They're expensive. Yep. They're 270 they points with the multi-melder upgrade. So the way I, I ran one unit and I ran them next to Morvian Val to get reroll hits in wounds. And then also ran them next to the Dog Martyr for that plus one invulnerable save. <laughs> but... I failed that role so many times and re-rolling hits and wounds on that unit. Um, you can get them. So the thing is, because they're Celestians, you can get them plus one to hit anyway for a strat. So you can get them hit on twos, re-rolling ones. Um, and actually I found in the later games I was playing, I was putting my re-roll hits and wounds on my Zephyrin 
And then they were just doing so much better for me. So yeah. I didn't really feel like the Paragon Warsuit delivered much. Um, one of my games, they did look at a Ravager and pick it up, which was great. But then in other games, they looked at a Raider and just completely whiffed because they've got an invun save. Yeah. And the problem is they're, they're at four damage. So they're four wounds with a six plus invulnerable save. I think they're toughness five. Yeah, the T5. Two, they've got a two plus save, but, you know, a dark glance. And let's, let's be honest, there's a lot of those kicking about. Their average, there are. their average damage is five because they're D, th- they're three plus D three, so auto cannon las cannons, uh, sorry, admech las cannons, and then dark lances are just on average picking one of these models up um, because of the yeah. own, because of the four wounds um, because they have an ability which says each time an attack is allocated to a model in this unit subtract one from the damage characteristic of that attack. So that becomes from damage five to damage four. So it just kills you. And the Hospitaler, because you're a vehicle, doesn't benefit you. Haywire jet bikes absolutely ruin you. So I don't know. They just they just struggle a little bit, I think. They weren't as good as I'd hoped. It's the survivability, isn't it? I guess it comes down to, do you really want to spend that many points on something when, like you said, the Zephyrim for their points are doing a better job? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now this event we ran... Um, I, th- I was the only sisters player at the event and the TO asked me, what do you reckon? How do you reckon we should rule this? And I was like, look, because obviously the damn, it doesn't say minimum of one, does it? It doesn't. No, it's had the internet up in an absolute fury about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love it if they ignored minus one damage completely. Yeah. Goodbye, small arms fire. <laughs> but let's be honest. You're not shooting small arms fire at a toughness five model. No. So I said to him, look, I'd rather play on the back foot. So play it as if it was like all the other rules in the game, which minus damage yeah. to, to a minimum of one. And I think typically I would rather do that for now. And then if G, G, if Games Workshop come out with an FAQ, it says, no, actually we, in, you know, we intended it to be zero. So if, if for example, the FAQ comes out and it's not changed, then great. It's meant to be like that, but I'd rather play on the back foot for now because I'd, I'd yeah. hate to win a game and someone go, oh, well, Steve, you only won because you took nine Paragon Warsuits and I couldn't shoot small arms fire at you. Like, that's not going to give me the sense and feel of reward I want from the game. So, yeah, we just played it as to a minimum of one, basically. And I was cool with yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's the fair way to do it, isn't it? Because you're being fair to your opponent and like you said, if it does change down the line, then you you don't invalidate that win. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, next up then, so that's the Paragons. And I, um, I really like the, the War Maces um, because obviously of their flat damage three. Um, and you can, you subtract one from the hit roll, but then like I said, there's a strat or with Morvian Val, the reroll hits is great. Um, so yeah, on the whole, pretty decent. But... Yeah, sounds good. They were a little bit swingy. Yeah. So uh, anything else that you particularly liked unit-wise from the Codex that you can think of? So I didn't really test out Retributors because I kind of know what they do. Um, Mortifiers have had a slight boost, I think. They can no longer advance and shoot with their heavy weapons, but what they can do is they gain the Zealot, so they reroll misses, and also they fight in death now, which is cool. Um, and repent, yeah, that's great. and also on, sorry to interrupt you, but on the repenture as well, I did I forgot to say, but there's a stratagem to allow them to fight in death. Yeah. 
I mean, they're always good, those sort of stratagems and those abilities. They can just get that little bit of extra damage out. Yeah. And it means then you can interrupt somewhere else and use the stratagem on that unit so that even if you lose the unit, they're still fighting back, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. So you're still getting something out of them. Yeah. And then the Mortify, uh, sorry, the Pentinent engines, they've had a slight boost. They can advance in charge now. They got the Zealot and also they move a little bit quicker than they did. But there's a unit I want to talk about and that's the Dominions. So the Dominions now get a night, uh, get a pre-game six inch move. Lovely. And if you put it in a Rhino, the Rhino also moves at extra six inches. And you can obviously put a unit of Retributors or Battle Sisters in that as well. Um, so that was something I tested out on stream because it helps you, you know, move that extra few inches you need, especially when you're trying to retrieve Data Octarius, whatever it is. Because if you're starting, I don't know, 12 inches from the center line, you can pre-game move six inches and then you can get out three and then move another six inches. So you're pretty much in that quarter, which normally means you can either get engaged in all fronts really easily, or you can set yourself up for an easy Octarius to turn after. Yeah, it's great. In one of those harder quarters, you know. So I do like the Dominions. And now with the Stormbolt Strat that I mentioned earlier, they could be quite useful. But they typically, with the pregame move and they're in a transport, they're, they're not finding themselves in that reroll range that they really need to make sure you do kick out those mortal wounds that you want to. Yeah. So yeah, I do like them. Um, and I think there's certainly some cool builds around combining Dominions with Retributors and Canonesses that moving from Argent Shroud. I think there's some, definitely something there. Uh, but I think in my bloody Rose Sister, I'm going to remove them and just take more Zephyr in. But this is what we like about this new Codex really is that there are actually choices now. You know, that you'd like you're, you've got plenty of builds in your mind here. You've Obviously you've been running with one particular one for a few games, but now you're, you're thinking, oh, maybe this, maybe that. And that's exactly where a Codex should be. I think if it's, it's, if it's just obviously one route, then it's not as you know exciting to play with because then you, you're just locked in already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then obviously the battle sister, uh, the battle sanctum is changed slightly. It now gives you obscuring benefit, which is cool. And also you can do an action with it um, and you get a miracle dice. So I like that too, but you, it takes a turn to complete it. Yeah. Good stuff. So, I mean, in terms of the rest of the book, we've obviously got relics. Anything jumps out of you that are you there apart from the ones we've already been over. Um, there's one relic that I really like, which is uh, quite useful where, when that warlord's on the, sorry, that, that character's on the table, you basically get to re-roll one of the miracle dice per turn, sorry, per, per battle round, apologies, um, which is really, really useful because if you roll a two or three, they're not really useful. So just re-roll those. And if you get a one, uh, you know, or a four or a five or a six, because uh, remember, if you get in plus one advance in charge, you only need eights coming from deep strike. So two yeah. fours will get you automatically in. So fours, fives, and sixes are pretty good. Um, whereas in ones are obviously auto pass and morale for you. So I, I really like that relic. Um, I like the relic for the extra three inch aura. I really like that one. Um, so yeah. And I don't like to spend too many CPs on relics, but there is another one I did like, which made my canoness real tanky because she was doing a, f- a lot of heavy lifting for me. Uh, this is one of the tr- just regular relics. And basically I think it gives you off the top of my head a two plus save um, it gives you transhuman and also you get a wound. So you go up to, you get an extra wound transhuman and also two plus save. So when you're putting, yeah, that's strong. Yeah. When you're putting that model into like a unit of intercessors or something, 
because that's what she wants to do is Vance in charge, get stuck in, damage three weapon. She can take a unit off an objective, especially things like eradicators that don't really punch her back very hard because she's got that two yeah. plus save. So it's perfect. Yeah. So I really like that yeah. relic as well. That one's called the Iron Surplus of Saint Estella. You love this book, Steve, because you love pronouncing all these different names, don't you? So, um, yes, that was that one. Um, the Warlord Traits, anything there that jumped out at you? So obviously, um, the Righteous Rage that the um, Morvian Val gets, and that's re-roll those hits and wounds rolls in combat. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all of them aside from the more obvious one which is indomitable belief which i definitely took uh which is and again this is from the core part not including the ones we spoke about earlier which are order specific but this one allows you to get plus one to your core infantry um invulnerable saves so most of your models are going to be on a five plus so it helps your retribute yeah. um, it helps your repenture get to a five plus invulnerable save and then that stacks well with their five plus feel no pain that's the other way of buffing that shield of faith in Vaughn, isn't it yeah and that's an aura as well. And obviously we've touched on a few stratagems that related to certain things in the, what we've already discussed, but is there anything else that you can think of that people should look out for? Um, I think we spoke about most of them. Um, you know, obviously Zephyrin can still set up and shoot. Um, a jump pack unit can remove off the table and come back down again in the next turn. That's quite good, obviously. Um, we spoke about, you know, maximum hits on flamers, um, blessed bolts, which is the stratagem for the um, mortal wounds on those uh, storm bolters. Holy Trinity is still in there. So if you've got a flamer, melter and a bolt gun, one CP, you get plus one to wound. Also very useful. Um, oh, this was good. I used quite a lot. It's called Holy Rage. You can put it on a Deptosaurus core unit and it gives you zealot for the turn. Oh, wow. And also fall back and charge. Brilliant. Yeah, that's that's going to give you a lot of flexibility. And it's two CPs, but if you've got a priest within six, it's one CP. So I, I use that a lot on my Zephyrin because I want them to hit, hit hard, get out, hit something else hard and just keep pushing up the table. So use that a lot, actually. Yeah, brilliant. And then obviously you've got the one where you can stand a character back up. Uh, that's not a named character. Um, yeah. Yeah, some, there's some really good stuff there. I, th this book is packed full of useful stuff. Um, I mean, the, the the overall play style of the army, you know, like where do you feel it sits now in this new edition? Obviously great combat, good mobility, short range typically, um, but it's got very good like mid-board presence with, you know, the Dogmata putting a unit of obsec in. Um, you know, yeah, you can put Repenture on the table, you can put them out flank, you've got the Zephyrin to do the same. So it's got really, really good, um, I would say a real sort of mid-tape, mid-board shooting army uh, in terms of range and then some really good melee uh, presence. Um, still dies very quickly, but yeah, it's a very mobile, hard-hitting army, I think, yeah. Yeah, and with that extra reliability from the Miracle Dice, just as the sort of cherry on top, it's giving you everything you want really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, guys, we really hope you um, like this episode um, and please, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it might be. It really helps us. We love hearing from you. Um, I constantly post on Instagram every time we do a podcast for a listener question, which we'll cover on the Rules Courthouse podcast next week. 
Uh, so do check out the Instagram, which is at the Vanguard Tactics or Facebook. Um, and if you want to really become more confident at the game and with your army, consider joining the Academy. And you can check all that out on our show notes and obviously on our webpage, which is www.vanguardtactics.com. Check out that. Check out the show notes on the blog page. Um, all the show notes for all the, all the episodes are there. Um, and uh, yeah, we really, really hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next week on the Competitive 40 podcast. Thank you.